This reflection was offered to the Episcopal Church Women of the Diocese of East Tennessee on Saturday, September 26th. In the name of the Creator, Sustainer, and Redeemer. Amen. If you haven't given yourself the gift of reading Sue Monk Kidd's new novel, The Book of Longings, I encourage you to read it. I'll go ahead and say, you're welcome. Now, without giving too much away, the main character's name is Anna. And in this historical fiction, the Book of Longings chronicles this fictional character's life and, well, her longings. Anna has this wonderful aunt named Yaltha, a woman I think every girl should be so blessed to have in her life. Yaltha really sees Anna, not for who Anna should be by familial or societal standards, but sees Anna for who God created her to be. Yaltha sees and affirms Anna's soul. Early in the book, she gives Anna a gift, an incantation bowl, what she explains is a prayer bowl. Yaltha taps Anna on that flat bone over her heart and says, write what's inside here, inside your holy of holies. We hear Anna's inner dialogue following her aunt's instruction. Our one true God dwells inside the Holy of Holies in the temple of Jerusalem. And I was sure it was impious to speak of a similar place existing inside of humans. And worse still, to suggest that yearnings inside girls like me had intimations of divinity. It was the most beautiful, wicked blasphemy I'd ever heard. Later, Anna inscribes the deepest prayer within her heart in that bowl. And it reads, Lord our God, hear my prayer, the, bl- the prayer of my heart. Bless the largeness inside me, no matter how I fear it. Bless my reed pens and my inks. Bless the words I write. May they be beautiful in your sight. May they be visible to eyes not yet born. When I am dust, sing these words over my bones. She was a voice. I have noticed as women, and maybe in a heightened way as Southern women, it can feel awkward and potentially unchristian to pray to God to bless the largeness inside me. Even in 2020, it may seem blasphemous. We have a tendency to shy away from the largeness God has blessed within our our beings. And yet, isn't that this exactly what we need more of these days, given the demands on and rising stakes of our baptismal covenant? I believe God is calling the longings of all people to be made manifest in this world because the longings within us, when realized in all their largeness, is what God uses to bring forth God's kingdom. Maybe you have similar experiences that I do in watching the news, reading the paper, or even scrolling through social media I simultaneously hear the call for justice infused with our baptismal covenant. As we live in the wake of the deaths of our black and brown brothers and sisters, Breonna Taylor, 
George Floyd, Daniel Prude, and too many others. I hear a drumbeat inside my heart, right there under that flat bone that Yaltha tapped on Anna, that says, this is not okay. It gets louder and louder, and it gets harder and harder to turn away from, to deny it, to drown it out. The whispers of the Holy Spirit keep coming, reminding me of my, of our baptismal covenant. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? And we say, I will with God's help. So when I hear the scripture readings from Exodus, when I hear the voice of Moses saying to God, who am I? that I should go speak to the oppressing authority? Who am I to bring about liberation for God's people? I hear my own voice. I hear my doubts and I hear the doubts of so many around me. Who am I that I should speak to the oppressing authorities? Who am I to bring about liberation for God's people? Who am I? And God says back to Moses, I will be with you. God's help. Yesterday, Friday, September 25th, the first woman ever lay in state in the Capitol. One of the many things I found so compelling about Ruth Bader Ginsburg was her quiet, unassuming nature. And at the very same time, she was a force. She shared in an interview I do think I was born under a very bright star. In a way, it's her own recognition that God clearly blessed the largeness within her. And if you know anything about her story, you know that her framing of being born under a bright star is a frame. One could easily frame her life another way, like a dark cloud that followed her for years. She could have so easily caved to the largeness within her at several points in her life. After the death of her mother the night before her graduation, when her husband was diagnosed with cancer at such a young age, at the prospect of so many law firms not wanting women lawyers in her day, life kept coming and she kept moving forward, seemingly under a bright star. May we sing the words over her bones. She was a voice. My understanding is that after worship today, my sister in Christ, Sylvia Peters, is going to speak with you. I've had the good fortune to get to know Sylvia as she is a parishioner, vestry member, and now co-chair of Ascension's newly formed Becoming Beloved Community Task Force. So let me be the first to say, you're about to receive a gift this morning. In our work on racial reconciliation at our church, one thing that Sylvia comes back to over and over again in our conversations about our work as Christians and reconciliation is that Jesus is at the center of our work. And that changes everything. So as she presents today, May you notice the twinkle in her eye, the patience 
in her voice and God's largeness displayed within her. She too is a, fo- is a force who I am convinced was born under a bright star. So sisters of a loving God, how do we frame our lives, our capacity to claim the largeness within us as intricately woven with how we do the work of our baptismal covenant, which is at hand? There's a sense of urgency across our land, in the air, in our bodies, beating in our hearts. God's call on our lives is palpable. There is a repeated instruction within the Gospels to expand our sense of neighbor, to increase our capacity and practice of love. This morning, we hear the words of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke instructing us on these far-edged people in our lives. And we all have them, whether recognized or not. People who, in our heart of hearts, we would consider our enemies. And Jesus tells us to love them, to do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you, He says we don't get credit for loving the easy people in our lives. We don't get love points for loving those who love us. The real telling of our discipleship is our practice of loving the difficult. We're not only supposed to be kind to the ungrateful and the wicked, he says. We're to expect nothing earthly in return. So has a child you love ever been bullied, beat up, maybe even killed? So have you ever tried to love that enemy? Have you tried to do good to those who hate you for your gender? Have you tried to pray for those who have abused you physically or emotionally? These words from Jesus are tough. They're tough to hear, and they are tougher to live. So this is one of those places where the rubber hits the road in my faith. Maybe yours too. One of those places where the voice creeps in and says, I don't think I can. I don't think I can love that enemy. I don't think I can do good for that hate. I don't think I can pray for that person who abused me. I just can't love that neighbor. I just can't seem to find the light of Christ in that face. I have no respect for that human being. Who am I to love? Do good. Pray for. Who am I? And remember God's words to Moses. I will be with you. God's help. I have to dig deep to find that kind of largeness within me, so deep that it isn't even me anymore, a place within me for which I can no longer take credit because it is God within me, that place deep within each of us where God wove a divine light, our soul, that place where the Holy Spirit breathes truth within us and leads us 
into all truth and wisdom. When we make the long journey home to our souls, and for some of us, it is a very long journey indeed. It's that place just beneath the flat bone of our chest above our hearts. When we get there, we get a sense of God's mercy. We realize a capacity within us that speaks to God's largeness within us. Even if it takes time, a capacity to love our enemies and do good. A capacity to love ourselves like Jesus loves us. A capacity to be, to be merciful, just as our loving God is so incredibly merciful. A capacity to recognize the common humanity of all people. So as the call keeps coming, and it will keep coming, sisters, the call to boldly live into our baptismal covenant, may we have the clarity, integrity, and wisdom to travel deep within our souls and claim God's largeness Whatever the deepest prayer of your heart, discover it. Write it in a bowl. Sing it aloud. Allow God to bless it. In whatever way God has blessed you with this deepest prayer, own it. Live it out. Move it forward. The world needs you to live out your deepest prayer for the sake sake of the whole world, for the sake of humanity, for the sake of bringing forth God's kingdom on earth. And the beauty and mystery of following the breath of the Holy Spirit into all truth in our lives, God will somehow use your deepest prayer, use God's largeness within you for the glory of God and for the betterment of all people. May it be so.